What is up team? Welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. Let's go ahead and get right into the questions. All right, first one we have is, I've heard we should limit fats before and after lifting. What ratio of carbs to protein to fat is quote unquote limiting? All right, so here, okay, so basically the, the, the reasoning behind, hey, we should, we should reduce fat intake before we train is fat will slow digestion a bit. So if we eat a super fat heavy meal before training, Oftentimes you'll feel that you are still sluggish when because you're still digesting the food in your stomach when you're trying to train. So this is a problem because when we're di- when food is in our stomach, now realize like food won't be fully digested. It won't have like completely gone through that process by the time we train, like let's say that's 90 minutes later or two hours after we ate this meal. But we want that food to have moved on from our stomach because if that food is still in our stomach a lot of our blood flow is actually going to be shunted or driven shunted is such a weird word but is going to be pushed to our stomach whereas we want this primarily our body primarily focusing on shunting blood flow to the muscles that we're training right so from there similarly we'll just feel pretty damn sluggish if we're still if we still have all this food sitting in our stomach so that's really the primary thing with fat heavy meals. So as a good rule of thumb, if you are eating 60 to 90 minutes pre-workout, we should definitely keep fat a little bit lower. So most will feel best keeping fat between five to 15 grams in the pre-workout meal if you're eating 60 to 90 minutes before you work out. Now, if you're eating one and a half to three hours before training, again, fat can slow digestion, but in this case, that can actually be a good thing because you're not gonna be hungry mid-session. Whereas if it's like, hey, three hours before I trained, but my body has already fully digested the food, um, blood sugar is starting to dip, then that's where we're like, okay, I feel like shit. During my training, it's not nearly as productive, right? So in a situation like this, if it's 1.3 to three hours before training, I would really aim for somewhere between 15 to 25 grams of fat in that pre-workout meal. Now, the thing to realize as well is, All this is very individualized, and these are things we work through with online clients. Some people will feel a little bit more sluggish when we really ramp the carbs up and feel a little bit better on a slightly higher fat intake. So realize that these are generalized recommendations, but in general, again, I would say, if you're eating 60 to 90 minutes before you work out, keep fat to five to 15 grams. Um, 1.5 to three hours before you work out, I would aim for 15 to 25 grams. And really as a whole, like when we're talking about the optimal pre-workout meal, basically we want 20 to 40 grams of protein. And I would really err towards 40 grams of protein because the science shows us that's what's going to optimally stimulate muscle protein synthesis. Around 40 grams of protein from a quick digesting, uh, high quality protein source like a protein powder, chicken breast, lean ground turkey, or egg whites. Carbs, I would aim for about 0.25 to 0.5 grams of carbs per pound of body weight from a quick digesting source like white rice, rice cakes, cream of rice, instant oats, or a bagel. Um, And again, fat, we already gave our recommendations 5 to 15 grams less than 90 minutes, 15 to 25 grams if it's more than 90 minutes until you are training. Now, when it comes to post-workout, really this isn't nearly as important um honestly in a post-workout meal i typically tell clients not to worry about it see the thing here is like unless now the one exclusion to this would be um 
if you are training twice daily like so fat again will slow digestion just a bit so this could potentially slightly slow our body's ability to say replenish our muscle collection stores but again unless you're training in a couple hours over the next 12 to 24 hours before your next training session your body will have by then replenished your muscle collection stores and it's really not a big deal um like the difference between if you i would say the difference between you eating 10 grams of fat and 30 grams of fat post-workout is so small that it's probably not even measurable so like when in the post-workout meal as far as your results so in the post-workout meal basically what i would say is it's not really we don't need to worry about the amount of fat that we're taking in high fat or low fat is perfectly fine i would focus on just making sure again you've got at least 40 grams of protein in that post-workout meal and you have also consumed another about 0.25 to 0.5 grams of carbohydrates again those are going to replenish muscle glycogen source they're also going to reduce levels of cortisol so they'll put your body in a more anabolic state so basically one that is more conducive to muscle growth and those are my recommendations there all right next question we have same benefit of weighted vest observed in clients who carry heavy backpacks for walks slash knee etc absolutely so um okay so so again we're talking about the weighted vest experiment where wore a weighted vest for about eight weeks of a fat loss phase was it eight weeks seemed like a lifetime um six weeks yeah six weeks is what it was but um and again basically so the thing is like with the weighted vest and i have gotten quite a few questions about this there are a couple different proposed mechanisms for the weighted vest helping with fat loss. One is this idea of gravitostat, which is basically the thought process that, okay, we have outside of leptin, we have another mechanism that our body uses to regulate body weight. And this mechanism is called gravitostat. So basically, um, our body is looking at or our body senses the amount of weight on our bones when that is reduced our body potentially drives up hunger when the amount of load in our bones is decreased or increased our body potentially drops hunger so again like the amount of loading on your bones could potentially be a mechanism your body uses to regulate your body weight because again like if you understood what i just said there very likely your body weight is going to kind of always be pushed your hunger signals are going to push you to always keep a very similar body weight now that said there are only rat studies or rodent studies i'm assuming rats that have shown this could potentially be a real thing there aren't studies on humans now from my experience with the weighted vest i really don't think it had an impact on hunger so from there the primary benefits of the weighted vest are going to be okay as your body gets smaller across the course of a fat loss phase it just takes fewer calories to move a smaller body to keep a smaller body alive, both moving and at rest. So the primary benefit of the weighted vest is just, okay, if I lost 15 pounds, but I replaced it, so let's say I dropped from 230 to 215, but I added back in a 15 pound vest, then again, I'm gonna be burning very similar calories to what I would have if I actually weighed 230 because I'm moving around a 230 pound body, even though part of that weight is like from the weighted vest. So here the thing is like, it doesn't matter if that's like a weighted vest you're wearing, a backpack, if you like strap a couple babies to your body, um, <laughs> a dog, whatever it may be, like carrying that object is going to have, it's, more, it's 
almost exclusively going to be like, hey, did you replace this weight or not? And then there will be like some other factors like how is your, like where is that loading your body? Um, and I mean like for, okay, so for the graffito stat benefit, which again is something I'm very skeptical of. Like the primary thing about that is we wanted to make sure that my bones could kind of constantly sense that they were being loaded, right? So like I worked at my standing desk for at least six hours every day. Um, so I mean, we probably wouldn't get that benefit unless these people were also just like standing at their desk and wearing backpacks and whatnot. But I mean, I would argue that the primary benefit of it actually came from when I was moving. So if someone's wearing a backpack or again, like carrying around a baby or a dog, it's gonna have the same impact as the weighted vest would. All right, final question we have is, um, how do you know if someone's metabolism is downregulated and they need to reverse diet before they can enter a fat loss phase? All right, so uh, downregulated metabolism is kind of a misnomer. Um, really, the thing here is, no matter what, if you're dieting, your metabolism is going to be downregulated, right? Very similar to what we talked about with the weighted vest. Like, as your body gets smaller, your metabolism has to decrease, right? If we look at the components of metabolism, and the, the most helpful thing in situations like this is first looking at, okay, what are the components of my metabolism? How do I burn calories? Okay, so we have basal metabolic rate, which is basically the calories you would burn at rest. So if you laid in bed all day, you didn't lift a finger, you would still burn the same amount of calories from basal metabolic rate. So these are basically calories burned through things like breathing, your heart pumping, um, different things like that, right? Now, the thing here is we can't do much to impact this outside of like adding organs or removing organs, right? Um, which is probably realistic for most of us. Um, so, but as your body gets smaller, your BMR will decrease just a bit. From there, and that's inevitable, from there we have the thermic effect of food. So as we eat food, we burn calories digesting said food. As we diet, typically we have to eat less food, so thus we burn fewer calories through digestion. We have non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is calories burned through things like pacing, fidgeting, blinking. Now, one, when we're moving a smaller body doing these things, again, we burn fewer calories, but also we'll typically have a little bit less energy when we're dieting. So thus subconsciously, we reduce the amount of pacing, fidgeting, and blinking. And then we have the thermic effect of exercise. Again, basically just calories burned through exercise. Now here again, we will, um, burn, moving a smaller body, we're gonna be burning fewer calories exercising. So again, very similar concepts to what we talked about before. So point of all this is, if you are dieting correctly, if your diet is working, your metabolism should be quote unquote downregulated. This is something that people use quite often as like, okay, this person fucked you up because your metabolism downregulated as you were dieting. Like, now, if your metabolism isn't downregulating, you're not losing weight, right? Because again, like no matter what, a smaller body is going to take fewer calories to move. Now, there are some things we can do to offset this. So as far as the thermic effect of food goes, we can make sure that we eat plenty of protein. We can make sure that clients hit a consistent step goal so that steps don't fall off. Because otherwise, if like a client was just tracking steps, but they weren't hitting a consistent step target, they would see steps absolutely fall off a cliff 
right? Because your body wants to downregulate those things to prevent you from losing body fat. Um, so to bring it to, okay, how do I know if someone has a downregulated metabolism and they need to reverse diet? All right, so the thing here is, really I would look to the mechanisms because again, like if someone is, your metabolism, your body is very resilient. People try to convince us that it's not, and it's, it's great marketing, but your body, your metabolism is very resilient, right? Um, so the thing here is, like as soon as we start eating more food, okay, the calories burn through digestion increase. All of a sudden my body senses that I'm eating more, so I have more energy, and maybe I'm gaining some muscle mass now that I'm eating more, so my body is heavier, so I burn more calories moving my body through space, right? So here, like your metabolism will automatically, if we're eating in a surplus or even at maintenance, your metabolism will automatically upregulate itself. So the way that we use reverse dieting for clients is basically to bring you back to maintenance as quickly as possible because there's not a point like us fucking around spending too much time like just extending the deficit when you don't want to get lean any anymore right or where when you're as lean as you want to be because we want to get you back to a place where okay now that you are as lean as you want to be you're not going to gain fat at maintenance so why don't we bring you back to maintenance as quickly as possible and get you to a place where okay now because you are eating more hunger is decreasing you have more energy in the gym you have better sex drive etc um but from there, like for us, reverse dieting is then just looking at, okay, so some people are hyper responders to eating more food. As you eat more food, we'll see neat ramp up more and more and more. Again, calories burned through pacing, fidgeting, blinking, etc. So when we're feeding these people more, we'll see, okay, like we're kind of just trying to find their maintenance window, right? Because as you probably understand, Maintenance is something that's constantly in flux from everything we just described. You're eating more, so thus you're burning more, so your maintenance increases a little bit, and you're a hyper responder, so you're moving a lot more, so again, your maintenance is higher. So really for us, like maintenance and reverse dieting is us just kind of trying to find with clients, okay, how high can we take your calories before you gain, before you start gaining fat, right? So then that just gives us the next steps relative to like, okay, if we're gonna go back to a fat loss phase, how much do I think we need to drop your calories? Or again, like if the goal is to build, okay, so we don't overshoot this and like see you gain fat too quickly, where do we need to potentially start your reverse diet, right? Or where do we need to potentially start your building phase, right? But again, like a reverse diet is really just another way to kind of look at a maintenance phase. There's nothing magical about reverse diets in, in and of themselves that, like, I mean, it is a cool concept, but again, like it's very much the same as like us saying, okay, if you eat at maintenance, if you eat more food, your body's going to feel better. All these hormones will automatically upregulate and you'll be in a good place, right? So then if we look at, okay, this person who has a downregulated metabolism, how do we know if someone has a downregulated metabolism and they need to reverse diet? So basically what I'm assuming here is like she's saying, how do we know if someone can't lose fat? because like their calories seem to be super low, but they st still can't lose fat. So hey, do they need to reverse diet in order to bring their metabolism back up and then like be able to lose fat in the future? And here again, like when we talk about, okay, so what is a downregulated metabolism? The two biggest things that are gonna cause like your quote unquote downregulated metabolism that like over and over and over we see with online clients, like these are the reasons these people are typically struggling to lose fat, one, they typically don't have enough lean muscle tissue. 
Again, you'll have a more dense body if you have more lean muscle. So strength train, like you're trying to build muscle. Two, the typically under-eating protein. So from there, we know again, like when we're talking about the thermic effect of food, which is a big part of your metabolism, protein burns more calories during digestion than any other macro. So by ramping up protein, not only are they able to build more muscle, but they're also burning a lot more calories during digestion. Finally, so again, like if you eat less protein, by definition, it will downregulate your metabolism. So again, like, but it's not reverse dieting that's the solution to this is eat more protein. Or again, like building more muscle. That is something we can do that will increase your BMR slightly. Um, and the calories you burn through your daily movement and during training. And then finally, steps. Again, typically clients that come to us that are eating a very low calories but aren't losing like we would expect them to, just aren't consistently walking enough, right? Like they're not, or like they're not mindful of their movement. It doesn't have to be just walking. But again, as we mentioned before, that's why we give clients a step goal so that we can see, hey, where is your daily movement at? And like, we need to fall within these parameters. We need to be hitting this target consistently. So like the solution, like if someone comes in and they have these, and it does appear they have a quote unquote downregulated metabolism, we can upregulate their metabolism by, hey, hit the step target. Hey, we need to bring your protein up. Hey, let's train with a focus on building muscle. And that, now sometimes sometimes for that person it is like, hey, you have such, you have such a small muscle, amount of muscle mass, like for the physique you want, and even to make this fat loss a little bit easier, maybe we do need to spend more time eating more food because that's gonna be more conducive to you building muscle. And then when we come back to the diet, it'll be easier for you to look and feel the way you want. But like if someone comes to you with a downregulated metabolism, again, we can change those things and it will upregulate their metabolism without having to like take them through this reverse diet process. So again, like reverse dieting in my eyes, reverse dieting is just a way to kind of find your maintenance window and like, hey, how large can we make this window? Um, it's something I think that is sometimes overplayed. I very much think it's overplayed in the fitness industry. So those are my thoughts on that one. All right, team. And that is all I have for y'all for today. Now, before I let you go, I just wanted to remind you of our online coaching service. If you are struggling to achieve the physique you want, if you've been spinning your wheels in the gym, you feel like you've been working your ass off in the gym and in the kitchen, but still don't see the results you want reflected in the mirror, stop trying to do it on your own. With three to six months of working with our team, we can educate you how to be successful for a lifetime on your own without us. So hit the link in the show notes to apply for coaching with our team. We'll hop on a free strategy call. Make sure we're a good fit first and foremost to work together before anything else. And that is all I have for y'all for today. As always, thank you for tuning in.